This is Isaac and Rob's Sports Talk. Tune in every Monday for new content. Make sure to give us a follow on social media on Instagram at Isaac and Rob Sports Talk. That is Isaac with two A's. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at Isaac Rob Sports. Finally, we are back with Isaac and Rob Sports Talk. Sorry, I had to be a little dramatic. We haven't recorded in like two weeks. <laughs> Rob, how you doing today? Yeah, Isaac hit it on the on the dot there. We haven't recorded in a while, um, just because of some technical difficulties. I know we always say that, but we had some legit problems when recording. But we're back now. I'm glad to be back. Um, I don't know when this will be released, but as of right now, it's Kobe Day, so RIP to the Mamba, and yeah, I'm good. So, if you're wondering why the audio sounds so good, I am back in Las Vegas. We are finally using the studio again. We're not using the Anchor app. You know, Anchor's good for, for putting our content out there, but when it comes to recording it, they're a little shaky. But we do have a full show for you guys. Uh, we're going to cover the MLB. Then we're going to cover some NHL. Our Golden Knights are looking nice right now. We have some Earl Thomas news. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of NBA. Luka Doncic is looking really good. We're going to talk about the firing of Brett Brown and what that means for the 76ers. And then, as always, we are going to end with our hot take. But, you know, I didn't plan this out with Rob before the show. He did mention it was Kobe Dak. I, I forgot it for a second. Rob, I think we, sh- we should talk about, we should start the show with talking about our favorite Kobe memory. Kobe memory. Um, wow. I mean, there is a lot. Um, but one that always comes to mind is when he won um, his championship against the Celtics. You know, two years earlier, he lost to them. He got, his, you know, he's got his butt woofed in that in that series. Um, but to come back and win that fifth ring um, against our rivals, our historic rivals, um, that one always sticks out to me because it was sweet, sweet revenge. For me, um, it was it was his last game. Honestly, um, you know he's both of our favorite players ever. I think he's my favorite athlete ever. I think he's yours too, right? Yeah. So he's always meant a lot to us. I know we we cried together on uh, the day of his death. But for me, it's his last game just because you know the great one went out great. He had probably the greatest retirement game of all time. And the Lakers were not good that year. You know, obviously that season's going to live in infamy. But, I mean, shout out to Kobe for that 60-point game. You know, we, he put the team on his back. And so, as a as an old man, you know, he showed that he still had it. And honestly, I think that if he was still alive today, I think he'd still be able to play a little bit. What do you think? Uh, I don't know about <laughs> – I mean, I think he could play if he put his mind to it. But I don't think he would play. I think he was, you know – going in a different direction with, you know, his career off of the court, and he was doing a great job at it, and, you know, he's being a great father. Um, So, I mean, I think he could have definitely still had something left in the gas tank if he really wanted to, if he was still around today. But, um, unfortunately, he's not. Um, But, I mean, he was so great on the court, and now, and then before he passed away, you know, he was doing great things off the court. So, I mean... You hit him on the dot. He's my favorite athlete of all time as well. And that 60-point game, final game, is something to remember. If you didn't watch that game, I mean, my God, you missed the show. It's one of the greatest games ever played by an individual, I think. 
Yeah, no, no doubt. Final game in the Staples Center. You have all the celebrities there. Everyone's tuned in to watch one man and one man only, and that was Kobe, and he put on a great performance. Yeah, so I I meant, like, you know, obviously he wasn't going to be playing anymore. He was done. Like you said, he was being a great dad. But I think that, you know, the Mamba, if he wanted to play, he'd still be playing. Yeah, I, 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 I can agree with that. Um, and it's sad, too, because, you know, toward the end of his career, um, you know, people were kind of bashing on him, saying he was washed. But I think a lot of it played because of injuries. And, you know, he suffered a lot of injuries, his, you know, his final years. So I think that played a major role as to why he kind of fell off a little bit toward the end. Yeah, and for most of his career, he was playing hurt a lot. He, he, you know, was always in the playoffs. So he was always playing these really long seasons. And, you know, I remember him playing with broken fingers on multiple occasions, you know, just, dink, uh, you know, dinks throughout his career that just always happened. And, you know, he always played through it. So that's, you know, besides him being a great player, that was one thing that always took out, stood out to me about him. Yeah, his mental toughness is uh, is unquestioned. I don't think it's – I don't think anyone – there's a – I don't think there's a tougher athlete than Kobe was. I mean, you hit it on the dot. The man, you know, played with multiple broken fingers. He, you know, sore shoulders, you know, just different injuries. Um, one of the most iconic things, I think, with a Kobe uh, and something I really remember is when, unfortunately, he tore his Achilles. And, you know, we knew he was hurt, but he got up and, you know, he sank the two free throws and then walked off the court. I mean, you can't be any more tougher than that. No. So RIP to the GOAT of our generation. You know, we weren't really old enough to see Michael. So RIP to our GOAT because that was the player that, you know, really got me into basketball. My first jersey was a Kobe number 8 jersey. Yeah, no doubt. Um, always the GOAT in my eyes. I know people will disagree. But, um, you know, my favorite player of all time in any sport by far. And, uh, yeah, my GOAT, um, RIP to Kobe. So moving on to, you know, what we have in the show. Sorry, Rob, I know that wasn't planned. But, you know, I know you don't watch too much baseball. But did you see five Grand Slams in five days in each game for the San Diego Padres? What did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, that's it's pretty impressive. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You're right. I don't – baseball is not, you know, my first love or my second love or my third love. Um, I'm not a big baseball guy. Um, but I did see that the Padres are on fire, and they look absolutely, like, dominant, you know, in the games that they played. And my man Tatis, you know, he's he's a, he's a monster. You know, I don't really know about baseball, but I've seen, you know, him and hitting home runs and stuff, and he has, I think, 29 RBIs and 12 home runs. I mean, that's that's some good stuff there. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he is the National League MVP this year. Um, this man's hot. You know, if he wasn't in a division with the Dodgers, they'd probably be first place. The Padres are playing some good baseball. I'm very happy with my A's, though. And you know what was great, though, was the games that he hit, that they hit those grand slams in, they're all against teams that are division rivals with the A's. So it helped the A's out. We have a four-and-a-half game lead now. Uh, the Texas Rangers are falling, you know, falling off a little bit. Houston, you know, they played they played good going into that series and then struggled. So that was good for me to see. Um, have you seen any of the A's? What do you think? Um, I haven't seen too much of the A's, um, but I do know they have, I believe, the second best record in baseball. Is that correct? Yeah, they are 
20 and 9 and the Dodgers are 22 and 8. So they have the best record in the American League, but they have the second best record in the MLB. Yeah, I mean, it's it's impressive because, you know, the A's play in, you know, the same league as the um as the Yankees and I think to be ahead of them is really impressive. And uh, you know, they're a team that started hot and they're a team that's to be reckoned with and you know, I haven't seen too much on them, but I know that's your team and you're the number one team in the American League and my team is Dodgers and we're number one in the NL. So uh, maybe they can face each other in the World Series and I'll finally watch some baseball with you. Yeah, we had that series in 1990. The Dodgers beat us four games to one. No, it was 19, 1988, sorry. It was 88, the A's won it in 89 and then lost to the Reds in 1990, if I'm correct. I think I am. I might have those two series switched, but the A's did win it in 89, and then they they lost the two years before that. So we could have three-peated, but we didn't. Um, but, yeah, no, that would be great to see a uh, battle of California for the, you know, for the World Series. That would be great. And, you know, it's just unfortunate that I can't go to a game because I love going to A's games. I mean, have you ever been to a baseball game? Yeah, um, shout out to my padre. Uh, he used to take me to Dodger games all the time. Um, you know, I don't remember it too much because I was a little younger. Um, but I remember some of it, and it was really fun. And, um, you know, I don't think the Dodgers were good when we were going to games. But, you know, it's fun. It's it's definitely fun. You know, you get to go, and you get the food and the atmosphere, and everyone's, you know, hyped when, you know, the team scores and things like that. So it's a good experience for sure. Yeah, it's great. Um, watching baseball, you know, the, the food – the beer, it's it's just, it's an all-around experience, you know. I like the A's, too, especially because they have, you know, they have drums and, you know, they have brass instruments that they play out at the games. You know, there's that Let's Go Oakland chant. It's pretty it's pretty great to uh, to watch it. I think it's one of the most iconic things in baseball. You know, obviously the, do- the, uh, the Red Sox have Sweet Caroline that they play every seventh inning. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's not on par with, like, that, but it is one of the more iconic, you know, chants in baseball. Yeah, I mean, I would love to go to a game with you, hopefully, you know, <laughs> next year, you know, when if fans are allowed to go, we'll go to a baseball game together for sure. One thing I could tell you about the A's ending our MLB conversation is we have probably the best defense in the MLB. If not, it is top three for sure. Um, it's crazy because we've had a, we have a really low batting average. We do hit a lot of home runs though between you know Matt Chapman, Mark Canna, and my boy Matt Olson. Um, you know one of the best first basemen in the league, and you know we have multiple Gold Glovers. So if they get that batting average up, man, they're gonna be they're gonna be more scary than they are now. Yeah, um, you guys look good, um, and I hope that you guys make it far. Um, even though I'm not from Oakland, um, you know, I would love to see a California team win, except for the Giants and yeah, the Angels. I wouldn't want to see the Giants win. I'd rather see the Angels win. Yeah, I don't like the Angels or the Giants. The, the A's are all right because, you know, I used, I root for the Raiders, and the Raiders used to be in Oakland. So, you know, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. But uh, moving on in the show, you know, baseball's been great, but uh, – Let's talk about something we're both pretty happy about. The Golden Knights are on fire. They beat the Chicago Blackhawks in five games to advance to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
And now we are facing the Vancouver Canucks. And, you know, last night, you know, we whooped them 5 nothing. You know, Robin Leonard's looking really good. You know, people are mad that Flurry's not in the net, but you really got to ride the hot hand. It's starting to remind me a little bit of, like, when Alex Smith got hurt and Colin Kaepernick took over. You know, Smith was having a good year. He was good for the Niners, but Kaepernick was the hot hand and ultimately is what led them to the Super Bowl, even though they lost it. Yeah, um, you're right. Uh, I I know some people who are mad about Flurry not playing, but as you said it, and our buddy Will said it as well, um, you got to ride the hot hand. And, um, you know, Leonard, when he's played, we're undefeated in the in the playoffs right now. I believe eight and one, eight and one, or eight and one. Sorry, um, but he's he's done a phenomenal job, um, and he he's been a really good goalie for us and. Um, I know Flurry's the fan favorite, but I mean, if Leonard's doing his thing, man, you know, keep him in. I don't see why you make a switch. Yeah, it, it's tough for me too. You know, Flurry is one of my favorite players. You know, Ryan Reeves is, you know, one of my favorites. Uh, Jonathan Marchessault is my favorite player. You know, Marchessault and Reeves are like my one A, one B, whatever. You know, depending on the day of the week, I like them both. Um, but then, you know, right under them is Mark Andre Flurry for me. So, you know, it's tough to see a player that you like, you know, get benched. And obviously his agent isn't happy about it. But, you know, we'll see Flurry in the net at some point in this playoffs. It's just we you got to ride the hot hand. And, you know, he's historically not good in the playoffs. He wasn't great when we played in the Stanley Cup uh, against the Capitals two years ago. You know, he had a good playoff run until then. So, you know, like, like you said, like I said, you just got to ride the hot hand with Leonard. And, you know, it, it's some adjustment because he's a fan favorite, you know, Flurry. But you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do to win. Yeah, no, I mean I agree, and um, you know, if it comes at the expense of Flurry not playing, and you know Vegas can get a Stanley Cup with Leonard, then I'm sure fans will be happy. Um, but I think it brings up an interesting conversation with you know you saying his agent obviously isn't happy. Um, do you think possibly Flurry can move on from Vegas because of this situation, or how do you feel about something like that happening? Um, well, you know, we traded for Leonard uh, at the trade deadline, and he is not under contract uh, after this season, and we signed Flurry to an extension. So, you know, he, if he gets traded or something would be the only way, because if not, you don't cut Marc-Andre Fleury and take that, you know, dead cap space, you know. Obviously, you don't have to know about um, a certain sport. If you watch any other sports, you're going to know about the salary cap and, you know, dead cap space. So, you know, if Leonard wants big money, he's probably not going to get it in Vegas, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I was just something that I was, you know, curious about because, you know, if Leonard, you know, takes us to a Stanley Cup and some, if we win the Stanley Cup and he's like the guy, um, I think I can definitely see Vegas paying him. And then, you know, it's a scenario where now you have two really good goalies and, um, you know, Flurry's not going to be happy. I don't think if you know Leonard becomes the guy. So obviously, I was just curious if what you thought if you know we win a cup with Leonard being the main guy um, about Vegas possibly trading Flurry. But I mean, we'll have to see. You know. Yeah, it is really unfortunate because this happened to Flurry in Pittsburgh, where he just got replaced with a younger, better goalie. Um, you know, him and Leonard, I think, are closer in age than he was with the, you know the kid that took over for him and. Pittsburgh but ultimately that's what ran Flurry out of Pittsburgh and it sucks because you know they even said it yesterday when they like in the in the pregame Marc-Andre Fleury is like another coach for the team you know he's very he's very 
you know, he's very experienced. It's like, you know, you know, you want your quarterback in an offense in football, you want your quarterback to be the coach on the field that's actually out there playing. So it's unfortunate that, you know, you have a guy like that that, you know, you might have to let go. Yeah, um, but like Isaac said, the Knights are on fire right now. Um, we beat Vancouver last night or two nights ago. Last night, five last to night. nothing. Yeah, so um, we're the one seed, you know what I'm saying, and we handled the Blackhawks last series. Um, I think Vegas has a legit shot to get back to the Cup, and I think they have a legit shot to win. So I'm excited. I'm sure you are too, Isaac, um, and we'll just have to see. Yeah, shout-out to Skyler for taking me and Rob tonight's games. They're some of the best experiences we've had in college. That is great. Yeah, shout-out to Skyler. I mean, my my guy Skyler, uh, one of my good friends, he took me to my first night's game, and it was a great time. You know, it was it was a phenomenal experience, and that atmosphere is absolutely crazy. And, you know, when, you know, quarantine ends and next season when hockey's back, hopefully there's fans, I'll definitely be going to another game. Yeah, me too. He took me to my first night's game as well. So it's great to see. Both times I've gone, Ryan Reeves has gotten into a fight too, which has, like, increased my star- my like, my like fandom for him because, like, I was always a Reeves fan. But, like, after that I was like, damn, that's the man right there because he whooped that ass both times. Um, <laughs> moving on, though, um, man, you see what happened with Earl Thomas, and this is, this is nuts. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are expected to – trade or cut Earl Thomas after he got into an altercation with his teammate uh, in a, in a you know, was, I think it was a seven-on-seven seven series, right? And he just got into it with the safety on a blown assignment. Yeah, so I know a little bit more about the situation. Um, Earl Thomas was already released, actually, and he's no longer a Baltimore Raven. And, yeah, that the scenario that happened basically was, you know, Earl Thomas – Um, He's obviously a starting safety for the Ravens, and, you know, he was a pro bowler last year. He decides to, instead of follow his assignment, he decides to blitz on the play and gives up a deep play down the field. And the other safety, uh, I think his name is uh, something, Chuck, I don't know exactly what his name is. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't remember his name, but... He gets frustrated. He takes off his helmet. He throws it on the ground out of frustration and yelling at Thomas, and then Thomas goes up and punches him. Um, but from my understanding and multiple reports, uh, specifically from, like, Peter King, they were saying that, you know, Baltimore, they're not – you know, those players aren't the biggest fan of Earl Thomas, and I guess he hasn't been the best leader in the locker room, and, um, you know, teammates weren't happy, and – when that altercation went down, no one really had Earl Thomas's back. And so I think it's a lot of things, and Thomas is kind of headed down the wrong path, in my opinion. He's had multiple mess-ups. He's been late to multiple practices, blown assignments. There's been questions about, you know, is he prepared? Um, is he lazy? Is he a hard worker? Things like that have come up. And, um, you know, he even made a comment, I think, sometime in last season where he said that he doesn't really like playing in the Ravens' defense because it's kind of complicated for him. And in Seattle, obviously, he was a legit all-pro, but in Seattle, their defense is very simple. They run a cover three. Um, They had one of the best secondaries, so they could just run cover three all day, and that's what they did. And in Baltimore, obviously, it's a little more complicated, but historically, Baltimore is known for great defenses. 
and I don't think Thomas fit in well with them, and um, now he's off the team, and now he's going to get picked up by somebody else. But there's definitely some question marks about his character and his leadership. Yeah, um, you hit the nail on the head. You know, he had problems in Seattle uh, with Pete Carroll, who's known to be, you know, a great coach. So, you know, you don't really, you know, he's had two great coaches in the uh, in the NFL. You know, I'd, I'd consider Pete Carroll and John Harbaugh two top five coaches, if not top seven, you know, at worst. So it's it's weird to see him go to these two great franchises, you know, that have been very successful the past decade um, and just be a problem when, you know, you have a winning culture already. So showing up there and, you know, not wanting to do your job is just it's 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 baffling to me. Yeah, you hit on the dot. Um, you know, Pete Carroll and John Harbaugh are two coaches that they really care about their players, you know. They're, you know, for the players first. And they're two coaches that had a lot of success. Um, and, you know, they're, Seattle historically isn't as great as a franchise as the Ravens are. But as of recently, both teams had, you know, have become phenomenal franchises to be a part of. And Thomas, he has a lot of talent, um, and he's no. There's no doubt he's a great player. But you know, when question marks start coming up about your character and how hard you work and things like that, um, that's that's kind of a red flag. And I feel like teams are gonna be, you know, kind of hesitant maybe to get him, um, especially the fact that you know you go from Seattle to Baltimore and you get paid all this money. He got paid fifty five million on four years. At the time, it was like the highest deal for any defensive player, I believe. And you're getting all this money because you are great at your job. But when it comes time to prepare and things like that, you're slacking and things like that. I mean, it's just not a good look, like you said. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. It's starting. It reminds me a little bit of like, you know, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco. He was a very talented player, but his talent couldn't match his attitude. You know, he, they they took his they took his attitude more into account than his talent. Um, you know, Randy Moss had some issues too in the NFL, but he's arguably the greatest receiver of all time. So that's something you're gonna have to look past. I don't think Earl Thomas is quite on like an Antonio Brown level, but he really needs to get it together because, you know, forcing your way out of two teams that have really won over the past 10 years it's not a good look yeah um you you hit it on the dot he's not really in that Antonio Brown um category with like question marks about character and things like that um but if he goes to another team and he starts having problems again then you know that's going to be the comparison for him he's going to be a guy who has all this talent who is without a doubt one of the best players at his positions but his attitude and his work ethic and his character um, are things that are always questioned. And now, you know, he's not in the league. Um, and speaking of like where he can go, Dallas right now, or it's just a team that he's been wanting to go to, even when he was in Seattle, he made that very like very known that he wanted to play for Dallas. Is now the team that is most likely to land him. They're the first team that comes to mind, and they're the team with the most interest in him. So we might see him as a Dallas Cowboy. So how do you feel about that? Do you think that fits? Um, what do you think about that overall? I was actually going to ask you where you think he's going to land. But it's I think the Dallas Cowboys are just a team that comes to mind because 
yeah, he had mentioned that he wanted to play there, but they were also trying to make a run at Jamal Adams when he was still a Jet. So I think that Dallas is pretty practical. Um, a lot of people have mentioned San Francisco. Uh, I don't know about that. You know, they pop up whenever you see a good defensive player on the market. That's just one of the teams that pops up because of their defense. I wouldn't mind having them in Vegas. <laughs> I really wouldn't. I'd take them on our team in a heartbeat, man. You wouldn't have to ask me twice. I'd take Earl Thomas. Um, but, yeah, uh, I really think that it's most likely going to be the Cowboys. I really don't know where else he's going to go, you know. New England's a team that's always, you know, taking these guys that have been quote-unquote head cases, you know, the Randy Mosses of the world, the Antonio Browns, other people like that. But, you know, they don't have the cap space to sign him. He's going to want to get paid. So, uh, yeah, i, I got to stick with Dallas. I'd say the Patriots if they had any money, but they don't, so. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think Dallas is probably the team that's most likely to get him. Um and, you know, you said that New England is known for getting guys with, you know, a little bit of some, you know, problems. Um, Dallas is also known for that. There's been multiple guys that they signed that's had on-the-field, off-the-field issues, and they're the, they're known as the team to give players second chances, even third chances at times. And um, I think this is Earl Thomas's third chance, and um, I think that's a team who you mentioned – uh, was trying to pursue someone like Jamal Adams and Earl Thomas is up there um, and you know I think that's a good fit for him because that's somewhere where he'll he'll actually want to play you know like he's always wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy and I'm sure he'll be able to fix you know the problems that he's having and really give it his all for that team because you know he wants to play there and Dallas is a team that needs a safety and needs help in you know in coverage and things like that so I think that makes the most sense and Dallas has money so yeah I mean I, I wish the best for Earl Thomas you know he's top three safety in the league easily I just I hope he gets it together because that's a talent that you just don't want to see wasted yeah no doubt um you don't want to see this guy hit down the Antonio Brown you know you know Antonio Brown path so um I hope he gets it together because he is a phenomenal player. Um, I've seen him his whole career when he was in Seattle with the Legion of Boom to last year with Baltimore, and um, he's hopefully he gets his third opportunity, and I think that team will be with Dallas, and hopefully he can turn it around because, like Isaac said, that's a talent that you don't want to see go to waste. Yeah, so we will keep you guys posted with Earl Thomas. I personally think by the next time we record, he will have a team. What do you think? Yeah, I, de I definitely think he'll have a home because I think he was either cut today, or like early today, or he was cut yesterday. So it's it's really fresh, and I'm sure a team will pick him up. Yeah, I didn't really get to check this morning because I had my flight back here early, and then I had class, so I haven't been able to really check. And then yesterday I was in Pacifica, so if it happened yesterday, I wouldn't know. But, uh, yep, it's it's crazy to think that. Somebody's just, you know, somebody's just wasting their talent like that because I know, like, most people wouldn't let that happen. But moving on with the show, Luka Doncic is probably, outside of maybe Damian Lillard, the hottest player in basketball right now. Rob, what do you think of Luka Doncic and his game winner last night? Yeah, uh, Luka, you know, if you're not, if you don't believe in Luka last night was 
it should be the time to believe him now. You should have, if you watched the game last night and you still have doubts, I mean, we're not watching the same, we can't be watching the same game. Yeah, no, get get eye surgery. Yeah, because <laughs> the guy last night, without his second best player in Chris Porzingis, um, beat the Clippers, who everyone believes, even myself, is the favorite to win the title. And um, he beat him injured. He had a messed up left ankle. He dropped 43 points, 17 assists, I believe, and 13 rebounds. And he hit the game winner. And, I mean, you know, he's the sole reason why the series is tied at 2-2 right now. The Clippers, you know, a lot of people kind of had them winning in six, which can still happen in five. Some t- some people even had them sweeping Dallas. Um, but Luka, he's only 21 years old, and he's already doing things like this. And, you know, he he's a monster, dude. Like, he's outside of... LeBron and like you know Kawhi and a healthy Durant he's someone who can definitely be a guy you want to you know if you had for this playoffs you would want him on your team for sure this guy puts up LeBron James type like LeBron James in Miami first second year these are the kind of numbers he's putting up right now that's a stat line the stat line he had last night is something LeBron would have done with the heat like it's it's an insane stat line to have um you know you know Dallas they have good options you know Chris Stapps obviously is good even though he wasn't playing last night but you know they got Trey Burke who can score they got Hardaway you know they got some depth on the bench with Seth Curry Michael K. Gillitrich Mark, Mark Jonovich like they got they got some solid pieces I was actually surprised they were a sixth seed because they really have a good like just dominant big two with Chris Stapps who like we talked about earlier before the show is an all-star when he's healthy and you know, it's it's insane to just see this and see how under the radar he goes. I don't know why, though. Like, it just seems like he does. Like, he sticks out and is like, yeah, people are good. Like, you know, yeah, Luka's good, but I think he's a top five player in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, right now he right now he looks like the best player in the bubble, in my opinion. Um, maybe LeBron, maybe Giannis. If Lillard. You, yeah, Damian Lillard. Um but, I mean, Luka is doing things that, like, I don't know. I mean, to play on an injured left ankle, which most guys don't even play, to have your second best player who's an all-star not play in the game and to be down 21 points. They were down by 21 points in the game, and Luka brought him back, and he hit the – that's going to be an iconic game winner. That's that Damian Lillard type over Paul George game winner. Like, that's going to be something that people look at in the rest of history and be like, wow, like, look at what he did in that game and the stat line he put up, the game winner. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, But it also leads to, like, questions about the Clippers, especially Paul George. I don't know what Paul George is doing, but he doesn't look good at all. Yeah, they were down big to a team that has arguably the best defensive player in the world in Kawhi Leonard. And don't get me wrong, you know, Kawhi had a great game last night too. But I think that, you know, what what Luka did is that's going to set a precedent going into the next season. Even if they lose this series, I think they're going to be a top three seed in the West next season. Um, but, yeah, there are a lot of questions about, you know, the Clippers after this. You know, nobody really had a great game outside of Lou Williams and Kawhi Leonard. Paul George has historically struggled in the playoffs. And, you know, it's just it's continuing. 
So, you know, like you said, you, you said that they're the team to beat right now in this bubble, but they didn't look like it. No, I agree. And Paul George is – he's the second best player right now for the Clippers, obviously. And, you know, he's a guy who, have you mentioned, you know, he's struggled in the playoffs a little bit. And right now in the past three games, outside of the first game, which he played really well, these past three games – Paul George is averaging 11 points off of, I think it's 21% from the field, 19% from three-point range. Like, that's historically bad. Like, that is not good at all. Yeah, he only had nine points last night, and the game went into overtime. Yeah, like, and you're shooting 19% from three when you're known to be a three-point shooter, and you're shooting 21% from the field. I mean... If that's what you're doing, then, yeah, the Clippers might lose this series. They might not even make it out this round. If Kristaps if Porzingis can get back and Luka can heal up a little bit, we know he's going to play through the injury. But if KP comes back and Paul George can't turn it around, the Clippers might not even make it out this round. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Who do you think wins this series? Though? Look at it realistically. There, It's tied 2-2, so we're guaranteed a game six. Who do you think wins this series? Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back on what I said. Um, I have to see it to believe it. So I'm still sticking with the Clippers, but uh, Paul George has to has to show up. Otherwise, like I said, they can legit lose. Um, I would love to see Dallas win, uh, just because I'm a Lakers fan. My dad's a Clippers fan, so I can give him give him some uh, some heat for it. But uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Luka, so I would love to see him move on, but I just don't think Paul George will stay in this slump. I think he'll turn it around. Um, so I'm going to stick with the Clippers, but it's gonna, it might go. It's probably going to go seven games. I was going to say, it's going to go seven games, but Kawhi Leonard will put that team on his back if he has to and just, you know, let Paul George be Paul George. And if he's struggling still, I think that Kawhi is going to make up for it because, you know, that's the kind of player he is. He's one of those guys that can – take over a game at any point. He showed us that last NBA Finals when he beat the Warriors by himself pretty much. You know, Siakam was good on defense. You know, he's not the best offensive player. Van Fleet, another good defender, not a great offensive player. You know, he, he could shoot, but, you know, he's not the not, not, not a great offensive player, but he's not, you know, an elite offensive player. And Kawhi, Kawhi's just one of those guys that could take over a game. So I think if it goes into a game seven, I think the inexperience of Luka and KP might kick in too. And I think the Clippers are gonna are gonna win that series. But the cool thing about it is, is if Dallas does get past this round, they play us next. They play the Lakers next, because they'd be the lowest seeded team. So that'd be that'd be interesting. You know, we have this series right now with the Blazers, who you and me knew were gonna be a tough series because they had gotten healthy over quarantine. You know, Nurkic got came back, C.J. McCollum was back, and obviously Dame's balling. So, you know, they've been tough for us just because they've gotten healthier. You know, these last two games, we beat them pretty convincingly. But, you know, Damian Lillard's not going to make it easy for us. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, Damian Lillard's a baller. Anyone who thinks otherwise, um, yeah, you, you're blind. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Damian Lillard's probably the best point guard in the league right now. Um, um, but you hit it on the dot. I mean... Kawhi is is phenomenal. He's a great player. Um, I mean, he's averaging 33, 10, and 5. I mean, shooting 50% from the field. So he can't do any more than what he's doing right now. Um, but when you're 
Robin is not performing and he's averaging 11 points a game uh, and he's supposed to be a legit superstar there there's a problem there you're not going to you're not going to be able to you know do what you got to do Lou Williams is who's someone who comes off the bench he's a six man right now he's out playing Paul George and um you know they got to turn it around as far as the Lakers go uh I really think the Blazers have kind of gassed out, in my opinion. Yeah, they're I, tired. I think they just, especially Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, they both, I think, averaged about 42 minutes a game this whole bubble, which is, like, absurdly high. Like, they played, I think it's been 11 games, no, 12 games, and they're averaging 42 minutes a game, meaning they're playing. There's only six minutes in the game where they're taking yeah. a rest. Like, that's that's a lot of, like, wear and tear on the body. And you can tell because when they're shooting those threes, which they're long shots, um, they're hitting the front of the the front of the uh, the rim. They're not going in. Um, they just look tired, and I think the Lakers have it in the bag. But um, shout out to Damian Lillard. I mean, he's a baller, and he's really put that team on his back. Yeah, I agree with you with the Lakers. They're gonna win it. Obviously, we have it in the bag. I'm just saying we're gonna have to win. A, I think they're you know they've you know obviously the Blazers have laid down the past two games, but. I don't think it's gonna be like that for the rest of the series. That's all. I, that's all I was trying to say. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's it's been a fun little, fun little playoffs so far for the NBA, and uh, I can't wait to watch my Lakers tonight. So our Lakers tonight. So yeah. All righty. Well, we are gonna go to commercial break. Once we get back, we will talk about Brett Brown and the firing that the 76ers had and the hot takes. So stay tuned. Do you enjoy Isaac and Rob sports talk, but want double the entertainment? double the opinions, and double the arguments? Then be sure to tune in to Wise Guy Sports Talk every Tuesday and Friday for our unfiltered, unqualified, and unpopular sports takes. Seriously, you have nothing else going on. And we are back. Welcome back to Isaac and Rob Sports Talk. One more thing before we get back into the show. Uh, shout out to Rob's parents, Big Rob and Christy, for uh, making us some uh, custom masks. Rob, you want to uh, touch on these a little bit? Yeah, so um, my uh, my mom, Christy, she made me and Isaac these custom masks. Uh, what it is, basically, it's, you know, like a soft cloth mask um, with our logo on it. Um, if you guys are interested in possibly getting masks or you want masks out or something and you want one, um, just let us know on our Instagram page and or our Twitter page, and uh, we'll think about selling these. Yeah, so if we had enough people, just DM us, and uh, we'll get some made for you guys. I was actually really happy. I really hate wearing masks. Uh, you could ask Rob. I freaking hate it so much. I can barely breathe. But this mask is, like, it's so comfortable. And, like, there's actually a little bit of nose room and a little bit of face room, so it's a lot easier to breathe in. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really comfortable around the ears, especially. Um, I know some masks, you know, it makes your ears sore, kind of messes with your ears a little bit. Um, this is like soft material all the way around. I don't know exactly what the material is, um, but it's just really soft, really comfortable. And, yeah, it has our logo on it, and it's really cool. So, um, like I said, if you guys are interested in possibly getting a mask and you want one, uh, just DM us on Instagram or Twitter and uh, let us know. Yeah, we'll make sure to mention it, too, in the post in case you guys forget. Um, but, yeah, I have a tattoo appointment tomorrow. It's going to be a big piece. Uh, 
So best believe I'll be wearing this mask during the appointment because this is the most comfortable mask I've had <laughs> out yes. of all the ones I've tried. Yes, sir. And uh, I'm always sporting it. So uh, shout out to my mom, Christy. Shout out to my dad. Um, appreciate it. Yep, yeah. Christy, Big Rob, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, and yeah, best believe we'll uh, we'll be wearing these things in our, our class that we have together. I wore it today to the first day of school. So yeah, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. But getting back into the show, Rob, you wanna you wanna touch on this one because I know you have a lot to say about Brett Brown. Yeah. So um, it just happened today, actually, about an hour and a half ago. Mr. Brett Brown, head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, was fired. Um, you know, he's no longer the head coach for the Sixers, and uh, I think this one was a, a long time coming. Um, he has a losing record in Philadelphia. Um, I think his win percentage is like somewhere between 30 and 40 percent, which is not good at all. Um, he's had the number one pick, I think, three times since he's been the coach there or four times since he's been the coach there. He has a losing record in the playoffs. Um, this is no surprise to me. And, uh, you know, how do you feel about it, Isaac? This 76ers team should be the best team in the East. You know, they have the most talent out of all the teams in that in that conference. Besides maybe the Bucks, they're probably close with the Bucks, but you know, I'd take Ben Simmons and I'd take Ben Simmons over uh Chris Middleton. I don't know about you. I'd take I'd take him and Embiid over Chris Middleton. But I think overall they have, you know, the most depth in the East. Or not depth, but the best starting five at least. You know, they lost some depth with, you know, JJ Redick and Losing Jimmy Butler was, you know, a lot of people say it wasn't a big deal. I think it was. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know, if if you can't win with this team and you're a sixth seed with this team that you have, especially in the Eastern Conference where, you know, there's, off, there's oftentimes teams with losing records in the seventh and eighth seed, you can't be a head coach in the NBA. Yeah. Um, like I said, he's had a losing record since he's been the coach there he doesn't have a winning playoff record um and if those are the things and you have that talent now i know it took some time to develop that talent or to get that talent obviously joel Embiid was hurt three years i think it was two years three years in a row didn't get to play ben simmons um you know came into the league a few years ago um jimmy butler came in last year i believe it was and then Tobias Harris, um, I think he's been there a season or two. I think a season and a half. I think they got him at the trade deadline, didn't they? Yeah, they got him. Yeah. So, I mean, you have talent. Um, and like Isaac said, you were the sixth seed this year. And this team overall is just underperforms. When you look at their starting five, it goes Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson. Uh, it goes Joel Embiid, Al Horford, and Tobias Harris. That's the that should be one of the better starting fives in the NBA, but they're a sixth seed in the East. And I know people are going to be like, well, Ben Simmons didn't play this, this series, which is true. I mean, he is their second best player, um, but I'm not a big Ben Simmons guy to begin with. I don't think he's very good. I think he's hit his peak because he can't develop a jumper and he's just not what we thought he could be. I think in my opinion, um, Joel Embiid, He's arguably the best big in the NBA, um, but I also think he's a little overrated. Um, you know, he can shoot it. He can shoot the three. He can dominate the post. But he's a guy that 
he likes to take too many jumpers for me. He, even though he could dominate the post, he chooses not to. He's more of an outside guy. Um, Tobias Harris, I mean, he just really underperformed this year. I don't know what happened with him. Al Horford and Josh Richardson, guys they brought in this year, um, they both did not play well this year. And I think Brett Brown, you know, people are going to be like, well, the team didn't perform. It's not all his fault. Well, overall, you haven't been a good head coach. So that's why you were fired. And I think the Sixers have to move some pieces or something because I think this team is his peak. I don't know if they're ever going to reach the finals with this team. Yeah, like you said, they they feel like they have hit their peak. Um, You know, and it's not even that they just lost this series. They got swept. And some of those losses were really bad. You know, until the very end of the game, the Celtics were whooping them in game four. So there's just no excuse to, you know, I feel like they, even without Ben Simmons, I feel like they have a more overall talented team. You know, obviously the Celtics, they do have Kemba Walker. They have Jason Tatum. But when you have Joel Embiid, Al Horford, and, and Tobias Harris, three people who have all been all-stars, you need to be able to win that game or yeah. that series. Even if you don't win the series because Simmons isn't there, I don't think you should get swept. Um, but the Celtics, props to them. They're a really good team. Um, they have a tough, tough matchup next round against the Raptors. I think everyone is sleeping on the Raptors a little bit, in my opinion. Um, that's That series is probably going to go seven games. Um, but with the Sixers, um, you know, you have three guys in Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris. They each get are getting paid 30 million plus a year and if you're if you're not going to win a championship it feels like with those three you got to move some of you got to either move one or two of them I think Embiid is probably the guy you want to keep and I think you got to move on from Ben Simmons and and Tobias Harris because for me it just feels like this team has peaked it feels like as long as Giannis is in Milwaukee and Toronto does their thing and Boston is still young I just don't think they're ever going to reach a finals with this team, so I think maybe it's time to start thinking about rebuilding because the process is over. Yeah, I really think last year was their window to win it because I feel like if they went to the NBA Finals last year, I think they would have beat the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the dot, but Kawhi and Toronto came in company off a pretty iconic yet lucky shot. I will give them that. Um, I think they could have probably beat – I think if the Sixers would have won that series, they would have probably beat the Bucks, just like the Raptors did. And I think that um, the Sixers would have easily handled the Warriors. Maybe not easily, but they would have handled the Warriors um, because I don't think anyone on the Warriors can stop and beat. But, um, yeah, I don't know where this team goes from here. I'm guessing probably rebuild mode or they give this team one shot, one more shot next year because there were some injuries this year. And um, I just don't ever see them winning a finals with this team. So I, I think you got to move on. It's unfortunate because they're rebuilding for so long, you know. They had the number one pick, like you said, for years straight. They got Embiid. They got Markel Fultz. Didn't they draft Okafor, too? No, they, was it was it? Embiid, Markel Fultz, and Ben Simmons. Yeah, Ben Simmons, sorry. Yeah. Where did Okafor go? I forgot. Okafor went to – I actually don't know. I thought he went to the Sixers. He might have yeah. gone to the Sixers, actually. I think yeah. that was the third – he was the third overall pick. I think he did go – yeah, Emeka, or not, was it Emeka Okafor or was it? Jalil Okafor. Jalil, yeah, Jalil Okafor. I knew it was one. I knew it was Jalil Okafor. I think it was, 
think it was the Sixers. But yeah, no, they've Yeah, you're right. He, yeah, did, he go did go to the, go to the Sixers, Sixers. And that was a third that was a third pick. And, yeah, twenty fifteen. And he didn't pan pick. out, so I mean I don't know, you've had multiple top picks. Um and that's why Brett Brown was fired and this team just can't seem to put it together. And um I think you're gonna have to rebuild around one of them I don't think you can keep this team together because they're too expensive to not win a title you know what I'm saying they're too expensive to get swept like you got three guys making 30 million plus a year that's over 90 million dollars between three players yeah. and you can't get out and you get swept in the first round like I yeah. think it's time to go I think the front office really has to look at this team and they're gonna have to make some tough decisions because I don't think you can keep them yeah the Golden State Warriors they had cap space issues but they won three titles out of it like that's worth it. That's that's a you know opportunity cost. You win three titles, but you're going to be in cap space after. Hey, you had a dynasty. You went to five straight NBA finals. I'm not going to complain when I win three titles and have to deal with it later. But the Warriors also got. I feel like they're they you know I feel like this season helped them. You know they had a bad year with injuries, but now they're going to have a fully healthy Clay, a fully healthy Steph, the third overall pick. And then Draymond, obviously, is going to be there on defense. Second overall pick? Yeah. Sorry. Second overall pick. And Draymond's going to be there on defense, you know. And you still have Andrew right Wiggins. There. Yeah, they got Andrew Wiggins. They're, they're still going to be right there, in my opinion. Yeah. And you want to know the crazy thing? Some people might not know this, but there are rumors speculating that if the Bucks do not reach the finals, right, I, if they don't reach the finals, there are rumors searching, like roaming around that, like, Giannis will want out of Milwaukee and then the Warriors would offer Milwaukee Wiggins the second overall pick and something else I think a future first or something like that for Giannis and Giannis might be a warrior that'll be insane (laughs) but you know what'll be crazy though is they're still going to get LaMelo Ball See, he's going to be a generational talent in my opinion Yeah, he's looked great he's been a professional since he was 16 yeah, LaMelo is a a polarizing, you know, draft prospect and for good reasons. Um, but I don't know if they go Lame- – I think if they keep it, I think they go Wiseman because they need a big man. I don't think they'll go Ball because LaMelo doesn't really fit because you have Steph, Clay, and Wiggins. I don't know where LaMelo would fit in there. So I think they would probably go James Wiseman, which is the center from Memphis. Um who got kicked off the team um, for some legal actions that a lot of people didn't agree with, um, NCAA violations. Yeah. We all know how the NCAA is. They, they're they just, I don't know, there's something else. But I think they would probably go him because they kind of need a big man, I, I think. Yeah, a lot of the mock drafts have LaMelo going number two, which is why I mentioned it. The crazy thing is, though, is the Warriors are also known for playing small ball. That's how they won a lot of their titles. And Lamelo's six eight. You know he's not a little guy, so it wouldn't surprise me. That is true. You know that's something I didn't really actually think about. You're right, because if they do drop Melo, their their lineup would be Steph, Melo, Clay at the three, Wiggins at four, and Draymond at five. And I mean, there's just there's shooters everywhere. So I don't. That'd be crazy lineup to see. Yeah, like I said, it just wouldn't surprise me because, like I said, Melo's not little. It's not like he's you know, some six two point guard coming into the league. He's six six eight. eight. Yeah, he's, he's a little tall. scrawny. He needs yeah. to put some meat on him, but he is six eight. I mean, a lot of people do. You know, a lot of he's technically a one and done. Even though he didn't go to college, he's going in in his first year of eligibility. So, 
I mean, he's technically at that age of a one and done, so he's still young. He's still gonna put on some weight. I think he will. You know, he's he hit a extremely high growth spurt from his freshman year of high school to now. It's insane. Yeah. So back to the <laughs> to the Sixers. Uh, I don't know. Y'all got to figure it out. Warriors, <laughs> they'll probably be great next year. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. They got a great front office, great head coach, great roster. Yeah. This, yeah. this bad season benefited him more than it hurt him. Yeah, definitely agree. Definitely agree. So who do you think takes Brett Brown's job? <sighs> I don't really know, actually. Um, I don't know who's available as far as coaching goes. Um, so I don't really know off the top of my head uh, who would go to – coach the Sixers um I think someone like maybe Mark Jackson if he wants to get back into into coaching you know he was the longtime coach for the Warriors I think that would be someone to maybe consider if he wants to come back to coaching other than that um I can't think off the top of my head honestly I don't really know who's available because I know Jason Kidd's going to the Knicks so I don't really know that would have been my other guess but he's already going to New York so I'm not sure yeah, I would have to agree with you there. I think Mark Jackson is also a great choice for them. Um, there's no losing that. He's a great coach. He kind of got done dirty in a, in Golden State. You know, he was their coach for a really long time. You know, they had some success towards the end. Ultimately, they got rid of him, got Kerr, and started the dynasty. But, you know, Mark Jackson was kind of the guy that triggered the dynasty. You know, not going to say that, you know, he's a better coach than Kerr, but he kind of he kind of deserves a little bit of credit in my opinion. Yeah, no, he definitely does because he kind of he kind of built and shaped Steph and yeah. Clay and Draymond. So, yeah, uh, and like you said, I want to say Jason Kidd, but like you said, he's going to the Knicks. Is that a done deal? Because I know it's been talked about for a while. It's a done deal, yeah. I believe. Yeah, he's, and you know, Jason Kidd is also. It'd be if he wasn't a Nick, it'd be a pretty good choice for the Sixers, given that he spent most of his career in the East Coast. Yeah, he played. Uh, yeah, he did the play Nets the and guy. the Knicks. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, Mark Jackson comes to that team. And I think if he goes, that's, like I said, that's a bona fide coach that can, can lead them in the right direction. Yeah, um, we'll have to see. Um, you know, I don't know if Mark Jackson wants to go back to coaching. Obviously, he does commentary, and he's phenomenal at his job. Um, but we'll just have to see. I don't really know. Like I said, I don't know the coaches off the top of my head that are available. So that's why I couldn't really come up with any other answer. Um, but we'll we'll keep you guys updated with what happens there. Yeah, so, you know, wrapping up the show, getting into our hot take. Today it's going to be pretty hot. We got two really players on the really younger end of their career in Giannis and Luka. I think Luka's, what, three years younger? Giannis is 28. Luka's 25? No, Luka's 21. Giannis, I believe, is 20. Or no, Giannis is 25, I think. 25, 26, yeah. something like that. Yeah, so they're very, very, you know, they're on the, you know, younger end of their career. Who would you rather have to build a team around, Luca or Giannis? See, this is this is tougher than some people think. I already know people are going to jump the gun and be like, that's a crazy question. It's without a question, Giannis. But I wouldn't say that um, it's easy. Me personally, I think it is Giannis. And the reason why is because, while Giannis doesn't have the best jumper, he has time to develop a jumper. The man is what seven foot six eleven, something like that. Has a crazy wingspan, can get to the basket at will. 
he also brings that defensive presence that Luka doesn't really have. I mean, Luka doesn't play very any defense at all, whereas Giannis is a freak of a defender because he's so lengthy and he's so and he's strong too. Um, he's a great defensive player. He can get to the hole at will. He just has to learn to kind of develop a jumper. He has a little bit of a handle. Um, so I will go with Giannis, but I will say it's a little bit of a question to think about. Like I wouldn't automatically just say, oh, yeah, it's Giannis right off the back of my head. I had to think about it a little bit because I love Luka. Like Luka is such a phenomenal player. Um, the problem is, is he doesn't really play defense. And the thing about Giannis also to taking into account is that he does take up a lot of space in the paint, so you're going to have to have shooters around him. That's what you really need. Um, and I think it's easier to find shooters than, you know, than big men and other defenders that would need to be in place for Luka. So I'm going to go with Giannis. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you there. If I had to sign somebody to a 10-year deal in the NBA right now, like we talked about, I, Luka, um, I changed mine to Jason Tatum just because you picked Luka that time we did it. But if I had anybody, I'd pick Luka. But if I have one year to win a title, I think I'm going to go Giannis. Well, I wouldn't say one year. I would say to build around, um, you know, six, seven years. Because if it's one year, I'm going LeBron or Kawhi. No, I'm just talking about those two right now. Though. Oh, those okay. Those two. two, yeah. Yeah, If I, yeah, obviously, if I have one year, I'm going, I'm going KD if he's healthy, but... Um, but, yeah, I know if I have one year between Luka and Giannis, I think I'm going to take Giannis just because he's more – I don't. I think Luka is – I still don't think he's fully developed, though. That is the crazy thing about Luka is, like you said, he's only 21. He's younger than you and me, and he's just not fully developed. If I have to build somebody around somebody for the next 10 years, though, I'm going Luka. Yeah, I mean – Age plays into a factor when you're talking about ten, like a 10-year deal. I don't think you can even do a 10-year deal in the NBA, to be honest. But if you could, Luka's without the question the answer because he is only 21 and he's already a superstar in my opinion. And Giannis is, I believe, 25, 26. So by, 25, the, time, yeah. I by just... the time 10 years comes up, he's going to be 35. Um, you know, I don't know what he'll – I don't know what he'll be, and I don't really think that, you know, I'd rather have the younger guy, to be honest, yeah. for a long-term deal like that. Um, but to build around, like, for the next few, like, five, six, seven years, I'm going Giannis. I think the crazy thing is, is I don't think Luka can't play defense. I think if you have a coach that lights a fire in his ass and tells him to play defense, he'll do it. And I think he'd probably be really good at it. Yeah, I mean, he's – I think Luka's, like, six – He's like six eleven. He's really big. No, he's not six eleven. He's like six nine, six eight, six seven. Six ten, six ten. That's what he is. Just looked. Is he really six ten? Yeah. What's well, weird? One site says six ten. One site says six seven. We'll go six eight. We'll meet like near the middle. Yeah. So Luca is six eight. You know, he is kind of. He's kind of tall. Like he is tall. Yeah. Um, I think the problem is, is that like, he. He uses a lot of energy on the offensive end, and maybe that's why he doesn't play defense because his defense is lackluster. He's just not a good defender. But his offensive skill set is so elite that, like, it kind of, like, distracts people from kind of looking at his defense. But I agree with you. I think if, you know, he really tried to play defense, he can be a great defender. But 
he doesn't really try because he puts all his energy and focus into offense. It's funny. I, when I looked it up, SB Nation has an article and it says, no one can agree on how tall Luka Doncic is. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll say he's 6'8". But, yeah, no, just with his length and stuff, that's what plays a key in the Giannis' defense is just how lengthy he is. Uh, I think Luka can do it if he really tried to. Like, if you need – if it's a game seven, I think Luka's coming out there with his best defense. Yeah, I mean, no doubt about that. But I think just overall he exerts too much energy on on offense. And so he just – you know, he doesn't really – have the energy to play defense it's almost like Harden but you know Harden didn't really play defense at all but he he puts his offensive skill set is off the roof like it's he's probably the number one offensive player in yeah. some people's eyes but Luca, I think he's better than Harden I would take Luca over Harden personally I know some people will probably drill me for that but I just think that with Giannis you get both like you get both like Luca's a better offensive player than Giannis is, but uh, like Giannis is also a great offensive player, and he's a better defensive player than Luca is. Yeah. So I, that's why I have to go Greek Freak. Do you have Luca in your top five players though? As of right now, hold on, let me think. Uh, LeBron one, healthy KD. We're going healthy. KD. If healthy KD is around, it'd be LeBron one for me. Durant 2, Kawhi 3, Giannis 4, and then 5. That's tough. I'd probably put Luka at number 5. I know some people aren't going to agree with that at all, but I'd probably put Luka at 5. I agree with your 5 right there. Uh, I'm 1 and 2 with LeBron and, and Durant, depending on the day of the week, honestly. Yeah, because it's tough because, like, Curry's still there. Yeah. Uh, Damian Lillard, we see what he's doing. Some people are going to say James Harden. Uh, some people will say Joel Embiid, which I don't agree with. You got Russell all. Westbrook fans, too, that will say him. Yeah, like, I'm a Westbrook fan. Yeah, I'm a Westbrook fan, I too. I don't think he's top five. I think he's probably top 12. I don't even think he's top 10 right now. Yeah. Um, who else is there? I can't really think of anyone else off the top of my head. But – I mean, AD, some people might say AD. Yeah. Some people put AD better than LeBron right now, and it's insane. That That's crazy. That. If anyone ever says that I've Anthony Davis. I've seen a lot of it on Twitter. It's, it's insane. If people are saying Anthony Davis is better than LeBron, just I don't know what to tell you. Stop watching sports. Yeah, because if LeBron wasn't on the Lakers, the Lakers with Anthony Davis on that team, as of right now, would lose. Would probably get swept to the Blazers. Yeah, they would have been an eighth seed that got swept. Yeah, so... Yeah, whoever's saying that doesn't know what they're talking about. I've just seen a lot of it on Twitter. Even when Le- when AD first came over, I remember a lot of people were saying that he's better than LeBron right now. But Well, there were some saying. people saying that AD should be the MVP this year. And I was like, huh? Over LeBron? Over Giannis, first of all, because he's the MVP. And over LeBron? I don't think so. But Anthony Davis, you know, he, he's a phenomenal player. But I think I would probably take Luka over... Anthony Davis right now I know some people are going to crucify me for that but yeah yeah I have to agree with you there I'm just I take I take Luca over AD right now and it, you know, it's just crazy because Luca like we like we keep saying he's only 21 imagine what he's going to be doing four years from now at 25 yeah dude most it, players aren't even in their prime yet at this age yeah low and it's crazy because 
Luca, he's not in his prime, but I mean, if you didn't know how old he was, you would think he's in his prime. That's honestly why I thought he was like 25. Yeah, he's only 21. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah. He's only been in the league for two years, I think. Two or yeah, three he's years. been in the, in the league the same amount as like Bagley and. Uh, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and Aiton. Yeah, and yeah. Aiton. So it's only been two seasons, and yeah. this is what he's doing. So It's insane. But wrapping up the show, it's been a long one today. We had a lot to talk about. It's been a while. Rob, what do you got for the people? To my people, uh, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate your guys' uh, support and love. And I appreciate everyone who, you know, takes right now, this is an hour, so it takes an hour out their day to listen to us and uh, help us grow and help us achieve our dreams, mine and Isaac's. And, uh, you know, I can't wait for football season so we can push out content because I know me and Isaac are waiting for football season. <laughs> so We're really going to be talking about sports betting then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that, uh, just stay positive. Um, keep grinding. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, yep. For the people, thank you for listening. Sorry we haven't had a lot of content lately. We will be busting it out every week again, though. Um, the A's are currently tied right now 2-2, two to two, so let's go A's. Uh, to Christy and Big Rob, thank you guys for the mask again. I really appreciate it. Uh, to everybody, you know, do what makes you happy. Be healthy. I'm glad to be back in school. Are you, Rob? Yes, sir. Finally glad to be back in school, to be honest, because I did not have yeah. anything to do this summer. So Rob and I have one of the only in-person classes. Uh, shout out to Marcus and Daniel. We'll probably be playing Fortnite in a little bit. Uh, other than that, that's all I got. Build your brand.